0: Welcome to the militant grind podcast today I have a guest that's a longtime friend since the 10th grade Crenshaw high school whoop whoop Seahouse (laughs) Um, Trishan Williams executive producer showrunner I mean just a multitude of things that she does she is a phenomenal woman and let's dig into how she came from her humble beginnings to where she is now Tristan how are you today
1: I am great, Sherman.
0: Thank you for having me. How are you? Good, good. I'm doing amazing. It's always good to have you. Um, You know, just going back to when I first checked into Crenshaw High in the 10th grade, Mr. Muhammad's class, I remember you just being such like a bright and happy individual, like with always good energy. You were one of those kids that I looked at and I was like, what is making her so happy every day? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Like, what is it? You know, so... I want to go from like you being raised in South Central during that time in an environment where, you know, it wasn't really you know what I'm saying conducive to be happy and have joy. You know what I'm saying? So, how how did you grow up and how did you become you know like where where did you get this sense of self from? You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, I think I got my sense of self from my mother, Vanessa Williams, and my sisters. Uh, I have four sisters, including me, five girls, no boys. Mm-hmm. And in the house, even though we grew up in the hood and everything you just mentioned, just not the greatest environments outside of the house, I think my mother did a great job of cultivating a space. Uh, for me, purity and happiness. My mother wasn't moody. She didn't play that. She was stern. She was honest about our grades, honest about cleaning up like any other parent, but she just wasn't a toxic or negative person. And so I really like woke up every day with joy. And I think it's also just in me because I do have a different personality from my sisters. I'm like super bubbly, but I do give credit to them because i watch all of my sisters and that gave me the liberty being the youngest child of like i don't i want this from you i want this from you i want this from you and i think i created this person since a little girl of like what the perfect little lady is or should be like um and so it's been in me since i was a kid everybody when they think about me like she always running up giving hugs and giving love and giving smiles when I was yeah. a little kid, I used to get the Peacemaker Award. I was just, I cared about other people. I still care about other people. So mm-hmm. if, I was always like a popular kid from elementary through high school. Yeah. But if I saw people doing something wrong to somebody, I was on the opposite. I wasn't the person sitting up laughing with people, taunting. I was the Peacemaker or getting on somebody's head. I'm from the hood, so I am scary, you know, mm-hmm. but about being that type of person i just all it's just in me i'm just
0: a good person wow yeah that's very interesting to hear because often you know i was even like i was told growing up like i was a good kid that had to like conform to my environment by you know being a lot more stern or a lot more tougher as a black male growing up in la you know but it's just right. interesting how you kept that not to say innocence but like bubbly personality that that loving personality in a city where it was just like a bunch of predators and people just trying to tear you down and, you know, get something from you. You know what I'm saying?
1: When you use the word predator, that speaks very dear to my heart in a negative way. Right. Because mm-hmm. as a little girl, I grew up off in 110th between Figaro and Denver and you have men pulling up to you when you walk into school trying to put you in a car like you a worker, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I can take your innocence because believe it or not, when men pulling up a flashy car so they got money or just people trying to buy a woman, some some young girls conforming to that and they just break down and they do it because of our environments. You don't have all the money. So you take it in your own hands and try to make money that way. And yeah. I never got intrigued with that I, I was never intrigued with what a man can do for me or let that break me down. So and I looked at them like predators. I would look at them like I'm a child. Like, yeah. I'm a little girl. I look like a little girl. And I knew that then, right? Even without having my father, he passed when I was six months. I still never looked for a man to do for me. I had it in my brain. I remember walking down the street every day. once you get to figure all the trash on the street, you know, walking to your bus stop to Maine when I had to catch the school bus, or if I missed the school bus, you got to catch the MTA. And I remember just seeing their environment and, I hated it. I hated it. I despised it. I used to be like, keep your grades up, do what you got to do so you can get up out of this, like, so you can make a better life for yourself. And I think I pledged that to myself as a little girl. I always wanted more. Yes, we grew up in a house on 110th, you know, um, and I was a person always outside watering the grass, cutting the grass. The man that I knew in my life, he passed when I was in eighth grade, but he was a grass cutter. So I knew how to cut grass. He used to Mm -hmm. teach me how to cut grass. Mm -hmm. I would keep our grass cut. I would keep our grass water. I love the idea of green grass, not brown, dirty, run down, don't care about your environment grass. And so I think it's just in me of like, I just wanted more. Um, This morning, and I've seen this years ago, Steve Harvey, not that I'm trying to quote Steve Harvey, but He says something um, along the lines of like, when you sit in first class, you don't you don't ever want to go back to the back. Right. Mm -hmm. So you work hard, hard. And that's me now in my life. I sit in first class. And so I work hard to remain there. Right. Because I never want to have to go back. And that's how I was. I worked hard to be the best student. You remember when we was at Khrushchev, I was student body secretary our junior year, I was student body president our senior year. I mm-hmm. cheered, I danced, I played softball, but I worked hard to be the best or have the best of whatever it was in the moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you, you created those habits to actually like be who you are today, you know, cause it's like, it's not a surprise that you're running things, you know, because that you were mm-hmm. a part of that As a kid, and often I tell people like we have to train the kids for who we want them to be, you know. As as a young adult, like we really don't have time. Like we want to say, "Oh, you have time." It's like, no, you have to become who you want to be now. You know what I mean? And
1: uh, I I love that your show is called Militant Grind, right? Because that's what it takes to be the best you have to have a sense of discipline every day when you get up you have to wake up with a sense of purpose and you have to get at it you cannot one of my sisters um peaches years ago she asked me like how do you do so much like how are you doing it all and I'm like I just don't be lazy like Mm -hmm. I just you just cannot be lazy you have to train your brain to get up fix your bed, take a shower, brush your teeth, get out the house, whatever your routine is. For me, up at 4.30 at the gym, when it open at five, but you have to train yourself. And that's how I train my son. Well, that's all he sees. And so yeah. I see the difference in him. Other kids, work. he's going to be successful because he had that militant grind, right? Yeah. It's important right now, like your habits and who you are is going to define who you're going to be as an adult, because if Mm -hmm. you don't have that level of discipline, it's not easy to cultivate that. You can train yourself, but it's easier when you're young. It's like anything, if you're a gymnast, you're playing basketball, whatever it is, you train that when they're kids, right? That now that is mold. And now you're just perfecting it over years. You're not trying to jump into something new.
0: Right. And it's interesting that you say that because a lot of people, you know, they will say, oh, you do a lot of things. How do you do it? And I'm like, it's not really like what you do is what you don't do. You know, like I don't watch TV like that. I don't watch Netflix. You would be surprised at how much productivity you could get done in two hours, you know, yep. of not watching your favorite show like oh, I binge-watched the show, I watched it. I'm like, I mean, no offense to people watching shows, but then it's like, it just depends on your mission in life. You know, if you're going to take on a heavy load, you just have to be careful about where you choose to place your
1: time. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And even being disciplined with your friends, like, I'm always busy, but I definitely make time to live because mm-hmm. you only get one life. I've never met somebody who died and came back and said, oh, now I'm I'm a, I'm a dog. Hey, right, now right, right. I'm yeah. Like, I definitely try to live my life for sure. But I have my moments when I tell my homegirls, like, let's go. And I'm like, no, nope, give me three hours. I would literally like give me three hours. Let me knock out my to-do list. And then I'm gonna call you back and we can go. Because I believe in turning up. Like, I'm gonna go have a good time. Yeah. But I'm gonna do my work first and I'll have a good time. And so I think my son sees that too of like, okay, you don't have to deprive yourself either. But I'm also in a space where now I can do that. But I did all the hard work prior to like you're saying not watching tv i make television and i don't watch it but (laughs) um i don't have it it takes a lot to sit up and watch a whole series of something
0: yeah yeah. (laughs) so kudos to the
1: people who do it it helps me
0: (laughs) right 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 yeah no definitely definitely but then it's like we all have to be you know conscious of our own path and you know what it takes to do what we want to do. You know, a lot of people just want the titles, okay. but they necessarily don't want to put the work in to actually like be something instead of the title. Like it's easy to become, it's easy to hold a title, but it's hard to make something of that title, you know? And we're living in a That's world right. where like people are just like in love with titles, you know. Oh, I do this, I yeah. do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. And it's just like if it's not producing a profit, it doesn't matter.
1: Sherman, you hit something on the nose. It's very hard for me to find great understudies or new producers or to groom and teach because as you say, everybody want a title. So first off, when I walk into a room, I don't even lead with my titles. I'm just me, just like Mm -hmm. that bubbly, give a fuck. If I'm on set, you wouldn't even know that I am the director or I'm the executive producer or I'm the showrunner because I will walk up and give you a hug and I've had a lot of workers like, you are the best person to work for. Like I've never had an executive walk in a room and talk to me like a normal person and not look at me like I'm nothing or, Mm -hmm. you know, I can go get my own tea. I don't need somebody to go get my tea for me. It's a lot of things that I keep myself grounded because I do that for me. But going back to the title thing, People don't want to work
0: yeah. and
1: everybody just want to be this. I'm this, I'm this, I got this and this and oh, I'm a boss. You don't have a payroll. You don't, it's a whole lot of things, you don't. <laughs> <have>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I get it. You have to put it in your brain first before it's actually, you know, comes come to life, but we got to want to work. Nobody wants to work. Everybody want to be somebody and have the title or walk in a room and look like this. What did you really do? What, yeah. honestly yeah what what did you do to deserve that and I don't know I, that I guess because I've always felt like something my entire life that the titles does it doesn't define me that's how I make my money but it's not who I am and so I, I I'll be damned if every anybody ever just put that on me and that's like oh no that's just how I make my money that's just mm-hmm. the titles now because I in the work of where i am but i'm so much more than my title like i'm so much more than these titles right uh right. but yeah i wish I just, I just wanted to work the pandemic didn't help <laughs> because everybody like can <laughs> yeah, i cannot, uh do something without going to work you know right but
0: yeah that's interesting i remember the uh movie boss baby came out and my daughter was saying like i'm a boss baby i was like no nah, we about to cut this out right here right now you know because i just don't want her to think that like something that's just giving like, no, nah, you have to earn these titles, you know? So I'll just try to not, you know, with my kids, I don't want them to have like a false sense of self, you know? It's like, you can be whatever you want. You could say that you're whatever you want, but you want to make sure that you can back it up just in case somebody checks you, you know? That's
1: right. Yep. And I tell my son, <laughs> like, he will be like, oh, did I do this? Did I do this well? And I'm never lying to him. I'm like, look, I'm not going to send you into the world with this soft, false identity or false right. illusion that. This or that, I'm going to keep it straight, pure, no cut with you. This is what's happening. This is how you produce today. This is what your productivity was. So he can know, like, I'm not lying to you. Then you go into the world because you're still going to get denied, right? Like, mm-hmm. no matter how great I am, I've been denied, you know, growing up as a dancer before. Having a big shape of body was. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold
0: on. We got to. We need some clarity. What kind of dancer? Because you can't just say dancer these days. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> you it's can't very,
1: just. It's very true. Modern jazz, tap, ballet, hip hop, Afro-Haitian, technique. You are accurate.
0: Right, you, especially <laughs> you. You definitely can't say I was a dancer. I think that's just gonna slide. By yeah, hey no nah, you know, I'm just saying. You like, no,
1: that's <laughs> right, but. So my, when I was being denied in life, you know, I would go on auditions and I'm a beautiful dancer. Like I really can dance and anybody and everybody right. who knows me, they know that. Right. Right. Um, even when I was a college, I was a double major in communications and dance and it, oh, you know, your body type is too shapely, blah, blah, blah. And so honestly, that's what probably switched gears in my brain to mm-hmm. go behind the scenes too, because it's like, well, if I can't do what I want to do the way I want to do it, because I'm being denied because of my shape, this is what I'm trying to teach my son. You got to you gotta train yourself to be a plethora of things, not just in one lane. So for him, and I, I know I'm all over the place, but he plays basketball. What else do you have in mind outside of basketball, right? He's a great writer. He reads a lot. Go to school. If I'm going to be a lawyer, great. What are, you, what are the steps it's going to take to be a lawyer, right? What classes do you need to have? What? Do you need to major in it? So I pushed that in his brain as at the same time as basketball because I never want you to, like a lot of our young men, if it's not football or basketball, once that's done, then we lose our identity, right? I don't want you to lose your identity. So for me, I'm happy I didn't lose that identity and I had my brains. My mother pushed that on us to say, well, what else can I do in this business? Because I love entertainment. That's going to allow me to be around the business and make great money from it.
0: Wow. Wow. And so how did you actually like start in Hollywood? Because a lot of people won't even know, like, you know, where do you go? Did you apply for a job? You know, like what? What's the deal with that?
1: So I started at America's Next Time Model. My friend Tatiana, she was there. She was one of the coordinators in the office. You know, you got the people working office and the people who are in the field. So she was all year round. And I just happened to be at my sister's house and they lived next door to each other. And I just put son high in school. He was 18 months. I'll never forget because we would go to birthday parties and he would cry when we had to leave. Because he wanted to keep playing with kids. And so I was like, okay, it's time to put him to school. So once I put him in school, I was like, hmm, okay, I got to do something with my life. <laughs> I dedicated my entire life as a mom, my entire pregnancy in two years, being a mom. That's mm-hmm. what I did. And so I started to apply for stuff. And Tatiana was like, oh, Tomato is, you know, hiring right now. Like, you should apply for Tomato. So I was like, okay. So I applied for Tomato. I remember Javi. He gave me a call back, and he was like, "Wow, you're amazing. Your resume is great. We only have PA positions. I hope that doesn't offend you." And I'm like, "Offend me? Like, no. You got to crawl before you walk. Yeah. That's when you have a sense of self because you're not trying to be somewhere without putting in the work. Everybody, mm-hmm. I don't care. You go to school, whatever. You have to crawl before you walk. You got to put in the work. So I was like, 100. Like, I'm just happy to be working, right? Yeah. So. And I have that mindset, like, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do it the best. I'm going to be the best at it. Mm-hmm. So I was the best PA, right? So you, that show, you you uh, filmed for two months. So we were filming for two months. And afterwards, they kicked two PAs to, like, rap out. So I was one of the PAs that they kept. And then Michelle Mock over on the casting side, she was like, hey, I've been here so much about you and you working hard, your work ethic and your personality. Like, I would love to bring you over in casting. Like, that's what it takes to be a casting producer, director, whatever. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So now I'm a casting PA. Um, And I remember we were casting for a show called Suicide Girls. And she was like, look, I've never traveled a PA before, but it's something about you. I'm going to travel you. So I ended up traveling with the team and was over in New York with mm-hmm. uh, Carrie. And before I, th- th- we did great with the casting. Before I left there, I got a call from Top Model saying, we want you to come in and interview for AP. We talk about five months in the business as a PA, you know? Mm. So most people are in the business for five years, two two years, five years or more, depending on what you're doing in your work ethic. And so yeah. I was just, the thing is, whatever you're doing, do it the best. And that's what I was doing. I was just doing it to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. And in I remember like remember like yesterday I had a pink velour sweatsuit on when we left New York and I didn't have enough time to go change so I went straight to the office like that and I interviewed like that and I was like I walked <laughs> in a room and I was like I'm oh, sorry I have this velour sweatsuit on I would have gotten dressed for y'all and they were like oh so kind of like broke the ice and it was a mm-hmm. great interview so ultimately I ended up getting the AP position and it was just down here from that. I was AP. Then the next season, I was segment producer. Then I went on to produce uh, the NBA summer dreams. And then I was the uh, lead producer for top model. Then I went on to produce America's next top model. And it was just climbing. I mean, um, the amazing race. And I was just climbing from there. Like Mm -hmm. every, because when you have it, you have it. Right. And so I know how to produce. Um, You watching them, you study for it. It's just a matter of opportunity, right? And so Mm -hmm. for me, that's how come I give so many people opportunities because that's all you need, right? If that's what you're going to be good at it, I have some people I give opportunity to, and they're not good, and I don't call you back, and you probably don't want to use me as a reference because. I would never say anything bad about a person, but don't use me as a reference because I don't want to say, no, this person wasn't the greatest. But when you're in those positions, when you a person gives you opportunity, you got to be ready, right? Like mm-hmm. they say, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And I was yeah. ready. Honestly, think it was just my time. God put me right in the right position in a path and it was just my time.
0: Yeah, that that sounds like it was nothing but God, like the way it all just happened. You know, like your sister living next door to, uh, you said, job, was the name? well tatiana Tatiana, right 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 and then it's like you know in high school you you know you were a part of leadership and did all these things which is actually the skills that you you know needed to be a producer you know like you really have to be like all over the place you know what i'm saying so and i know because i was a pa before and trust me it is not for the faint of heart that is a tough one you know yes it's
1: easy not actually work the hardest
0: yeah yeah they do they do i remember when they were like uh, i was working on a movie with tashina arnold and the guy was like you see these earrings in her ear and show me a picture go downtown and look for these same earrings i'm like what you know so (laughs) exactly so it's like the
1: most random thing like yeah did
0: you find them no i found something that was similar to them yeah you know but it was (laughs) just like what is going on but you you know you just have to be on your feet, you got to think on your feet. You got to be
1: creative. You got to be on it, you know? So Yes. Yeah. Yes. Organized. And as a producer, you're the first person to wake up and the last person to go to sleep. And people think they see the glitz and glam and like, oh my goodness, like once your show air and all of the accolades that come from it. But the work, like when yes. you see me grinding and airplanes and the work it takes to be that person and mm-hmm. keep... Uh, smooth production and efficient production, and everybody is like, I think for me, happy for the most part, and takes a lot of work. Yeah. And normal to the A lot of different personalities all the time. So even for my personal stuff, I have to put myself to the side to make sure that I'm being coherent with my my team and what's going on with them or just seeing something off with a person and like giving them a moment. You know what I mean? Cutting production short someday. So people go and rest. I run my productions on 10 hours, not 12, because I believe that you get the most productivity out of people when they're rested are they happy they had an opportunity to go home to eat properly with their families and so I'm thinking back to this little sweet girl right of caring about people I'm actually thinking about people and not just thinking about the production solely and to me that's what has cultivated a great world in my on my productions
0: yeah it's great that you implement that you know one thing that I've noticed when it comes to productions is like everybody is working together in unison to make one product you know and then you have to see it through somebody else's vision like i just really wish people knew like the daunting work that it takes in hollywood because i've been behind the scenes a few times and i was like man this is no joke like you have to be the ultimate creative person you know as well as like rule with an iron fist you know (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's awesome. yeah. Hey, yeah it's it's a lot but I do it with a smile I do it with grace I love uh-huh. what I do honestly Sherman I really really love what I do so I don't feel like I'm working I feel like I'm just creating all day because the hard part is in the office of putting it together to me once I get in the field I'm just executing what I thought or how I thought we should go about it with how we should shoot it when we should shoot it so I'm just executing my plan um I do love documentaries Mm -hmm. because it's something about telling the story in a moment is harder than reality, right? Because you're not going off a set schedule. Like, yes, you have your shooting schedule that you create, but you have to then go and extract what you just shot and then mold the story. It's not molded for you already because things are happening and turning. Things are happening that you didn't expect to happen. And so- Every reason I love the difficult stuff, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right, so that's that's me. I just I love it so much. I really do. I'm I'd really like thankful say, to be.
0: Like I executive produced a docu series called Black Business LA, and the uh, filmmaker that's actually directing and editing it. I'm just like, how are we gonna go from like all of these hours of interviews into like one hour? You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> It's pretty amazing that you love that, cause I I was like, man, I yeah, you got it, cause I'm not, you know, it's not. <laughs> he was like, I love editing. And I'm like, bro, there's no way. And you have to take like, okay, this person said this, then we have to match yeah. it with this. You know, it's like. Wh- that's a lot. It's a lot
1: of work, but for whatever reason, it's like Tetris. It's like a puzzle. It's putting it together, and yeah. so that's what makes it fun. Like pulling our, we shot this this day and shot this this day, and I'm gonna put it in this scene, and you, the world doesn't know. Like these are completely two different days, but you said this perfect little bite perfectly <laughs> for me, and I'm gonna put it here. You know, whatever you have to find the story sometime and put it together, like yeah. you know, just so it could be clean. I believe in like really manipulating anything and that's the beautiful thing about doc series like you're not manipulating you're not lying to the audience I'm not you know when you watch uh people like the cast on reality shows they be like that is not how it happened like they manipulated this this is not how that scene went I don't like that me personally so I try to veer from that stuff because I don't want anybody that I'm working with as a talent to feel like I put them in a, um, a difficult position or I made them say something that they didn't intend to say. Like, right. and that's just me in my heart. So that's another reason why I love documentaries because I want to tell the story, the authentic story. I want to be honest and true to what the story is.
0: Right. And so let's talk about the documentary um, you just finished producing, Why Not Us. That was, um, I think that was, is Stephen Curry also a producer as well?
1: Yeah, that that's for pretty- executive producer.
0: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So I went to your premiere. I was quite of like, you know, I loved it, you know, because me, I'm a product of HBCU, Morehouse. But then I also know the challenges <laughs> that we um we face, you know, just trying to get recognition. Like a lot of times I would tell somebody, like, yeah, I went to more. They're like, Morehead, like what? What is it? Like, and I'm like, You never heard of this school? Martin Luther King went there, Spike Lee, Samuel Jackson you know, like a lot of prominent black men went to this school. So it's like, you know, like we have to just do more to get exposure and to get recognition and as well as like get respect, you know, and I know you're kind of, uh, uh, you know, like, I don't know what to say, what word to say, but you're passionate about the inner city as well as like people that comes from, you know, disadvantaged opportunities and things like that. Right. So, I was really, I was really loving the fact that you actually like produced that for Howard. Like, you know, I, I loved it because we do need that. But then it's like, you know, what were what were some of the challenges that you probably faced that wasn't in the documentary that you've seen, you know, while you were filming it?
1: So I mean, okay, so talk about the project itself in general. So mm-hmm. is why not as golf? on ESPN, streaming now on ESPN Plus because it aired August 21st. And uh, basically in 2019, Steph Curry, he donated $6 or $7 million to Howard to create a D1 program. Um, he was at Howard premiere in one of his other mu- movies, Emmanuel. And a young man, um, Otis, he walked up to him. It was like a bunch of kids at the front of the stage. They were like pitching ideas and throwing things out there. Mm-hmm. This young man, Otis, at the time, he knew the hook to get his attention. He said, Let's get in a round of golf. We all know Steph Perry loved golf. So that made Steph stop in his tracks and go talk to this young man. But the story, and I love that episode, it's episode one, because that's the origin of how this even came about. Otis was on campus. He, like, at Howard, you would think we have a prestige like golf program because we, Howard, you know, you got everything else at top of the line. We don't have a golf program. So he created a club. Mm-hmm. And creating that club, it was just difficult to get funding or people to understand, like, why it should be top tier or put money into it. And so when he did that uh, to Steph, Steph turnaround around, come from his season, and he put some money into the program to create a D1. Long story short, they connected with ESPN to ESPN have iterations of series called Why Not Us. So they have Why Not Us, oh, um, okay. Southern France why not us, you know, uh, fam you about the football for basketball. So mm-hmm. it's all these generations Well, we are the fourth one and it's about Howard Goff. Got so what I wanted as the director when I stepped into this project, I didn't want to focus on any of the, the racism as much, right? Because That could take away from all the greatness that that these students have done, the winnings that they have, Mm -hmm. you know, walked away from these tournaments with. However, in episode six, there were some things happening at this particular tournament that was just like unbelievable. It actually took away from the cinema, the photography, the cinematography of the look of the show and more of it being a grittier look because Mm -hmm. we had to get dirty in it and you just had to edit it that way, right? It wasn't all the beautiful, it wasn't just you know it just couldn't be because it took away from us just being there at the tournament and the things that they were enduring right in our face right and that became the story so there were always other little moments I didn't tap into them because I didn't want to take away from what they have created at Howard as the golf program um and even still, I don't I don't even speak of it from that perspective, because I do believe there are a lot of people in the space of golf, white people included, who are doing a great job trying to raise awareness that Black people golf, and we should pay some attention to it. And a lot of the other people who donate and fund this program are white people, are Asian people, of course, are Black people, and of mm-hmm. course, Steph Curry put the flag in the ground to to make other people want to come do that. So challenges, whew, it was a lot of little challenges, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's just difficult. Even as a Black woman, majority of my staff were African-American. And when you walk on the courses, sometimes people are looking at you guys like, what are y'all doing here? Or what are you about to film? Wow. One of my APs said, I heard a man say what are they filming a housewives or something like one of their kids golf or something and <laughs> what wow, I thought- and not think like housewives is a prominent show that's like degrading their entity and what they've created as a franchise right
0: mm-hmm.
1: but why would you say that about us uh and so it's those subtle anecdotes that you have to maneuver and you have to like brush off your shoulder or me i smile it off and don't really give it any credence because mm-hmm. that would take away from what the job i'm here to do if i find myself fighting or arguing every single person who says something yeah. we wouldn't have a show we could right. not because then i feel the need to defend every little smart remark that you hear in passing so yeah i close to ignore them
0: yeah and then you know another thing You know, we can't always jump at people that say ignorant things. Like, it is possible for people to say ignorant things of all races, of all nationalities. You know, and that's one thing I think that um, you know, we should learn. Like, just because they're white doesn't mean that they're all highly educated and you know they know what's going on or whatever. Like, I don't, you know, I don't really care. Sometimes I'm like, well, you're just ignorant. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, it is what it is.
1: I'm like you. I genuinely don't care.
0: Right. (laughs) And
1: I don't put prestige on anybody because of their race, because I know even as a black race, we have some amazing people in the world Mm -hmm. who are doing amazing things. And the media has the ability to tell the narrative of stupidity and derogatory, negative, whatever on us all day long. That's what's pushed out there. But well, we know as a community, as a people, that we're so much more than that. We have so much going on, and so it's people like us who have to continue to do this work in this job and make sure that we're telling those stories that ultimately they they pierce through, they get through the seams. It like it's happening. It's yeah. in real time. I'm a living, breathing. You're living, breathing. This. So many other people. Um, directors that we know of and we're like we're doing the work and so we cannot like when you got a tree and the apples and a couple bad ones fall that doesn't that's not a representation of the entire tree
0: yeah yeah and it's funny because I was uh one of my a friend of mine he had a bad business deal with a group of black men that he did business with and he was just like you know we can't work together black people can't work together blah 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 And I was just thinking about it. I was just like, I mean, honestly, you can't put yourself in a position for failure. Like a lot of y'all, y'all started a business that y'all didn't know anything about. So it just made sense that it was gonna be a failure. But with me, you know, uh, coincidentally, a lot of black men I work with in my brand are all black. I, I mean, they're, you know, they're professionals in their field, you know? So one guy's a designer. He helps me with the design. This guy does this. He helps me with this. So it's like, Oftentimes, we just have to know where to place each other and put each other in the right positions based on our talents, not what we think that they can do. And then we will all be way better off, you know?
1: You have to put yourself in a position, it's like a basketball team. You got to play people at their strengths. Right. Yes, you can put something else in them and you want to develop them. But when you get in the game, you got to play them at their strengths. You put people accordingly, and that's how you win when mm-hmm. everybody are playing position and so just like you said when you got people trying to learn in the moment it's going to take a little longer you mm-hmm. know you're going to run into a lot more uh roads uh blocks and roads because you're not ready yet right so that's going back to really really studying up and putting your pos- yourself in position with education studying learning whatever mm-hmm. it is you're trying to do you have to put yourself in the best position to succeed
0: right yeah definitely and a lot of times we don't because we you know well not i'm gonna say that a lot of times we don't but the people i see fail they don't do that you know they don't take that time to sit back but okay on saturday you know i'm just studying the whole day figuring it out i'm doing research you know i'm buying books I'm, i'm doing this i'm doing that it's like i'm gonna just try to be it without putting in you know the background work you know what i'm saying so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. There's no surprise you're the head of our 20 year reunion. You know, I'm no one is arguing with that. Well, I'm not sure. I'm I can't say the head, but I, you know, it's like whatever. We we know that you can do it, so it just makes sense. Nobody's arguing <laughs> about it. Everybody's like, hey, it just makes sense. You know, that's what she does.
1: <laughs> that's what she does. And you know, something honestly, this time around is really nice. You're a part of the committee. Uh, we have some great people part of the community who are really smart and, and mm-hmm. great in their perspective and who are a help, right? So we're older, 20 years, it's not so much bickering. Our people are people trying to be something and just being negative? Like, you don't have that this year? Because I remember yeah. our ten year, I was like, okay, after this, I'm done. You know, like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. We're too old to be thinking like this and yeah. the back and forth. And I told myself, I wasn't doing it our 20 year. And everybody kept calling like, hey, our 20 year is coming. So what's happening? And I was like, that's the badge of armor that you took when you was in high school, right? This is the yeah. oath, ultimately, you said that you would take on. All and right. so I'm, I'm doing that. But I'm happy I did because it's a great experience. And I know we're going to have an amazing, when I say amazing 20 year reunion, <laughs> it's going to be off
0: Oh yeah, I'm not I mean I don't even want to tell people about. It. I'm like y'all just gonna see, you know. It's 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 oh, going to be see. historical <laughs> as one would
1: say. It is historical. What we're doing is actually truly historical, so.
0: Right, right. Yeah, this, this has been amazing. You know, and is there anything um any advice you would want to give to like a young person that's aspiring to do what you do?
1: I say do it. A lot of times we actually hinder ourselves from doing things because of fear and you have to fail. So we're talking about people failing, but ultimately it's not a bad thing to fail because that means you're working at it. So you got to work at it and just do it. And don't think that it's going to be perfect the first time around. You're going to learn something every time you go at it. So just do it because like I tell my son, time is going to go by. Yeah going to go by we know that mm-hmm. we're looking up we're talking 20 years, just in high school time is going to go by right. so be productive with time and do it put yourself in the best position whatever it is you fathom i and i look at people doctor lawyer even if you're in the nfl nba a, a director a producer if you see somebody doing it we're all human mm-hmm. that human being is no better than your human soul it is nothing that somebody else isn't doing in the world that you cannot do. So a lot of times it's not other people stopping us. It's fear that's stopping us. Yeah. Let the fear go. Do not think that it has to be perfect because it doesn't have to be perfect. It's okay that we're not perfect. We live in a society that everything is picture perfect. Everybody is presenting their best self. Nobody is telling you when they failed today or this happened or nobody's saying when shit is going crazy for them. They're presenting their better self every day. So don't get caught up in what you see. And if you feel like it's not moving fast enough because we all have to run our own race, run your race like just run your race focus on you you focus on you you remain consistent and do it yeah you're gonna look up and look 13 years later I'm somebody's director showrunner executive producer I have I'm signed by WME William Morris one of the biggest agencies in the world putting me in the best position to direct some of the best projects in the world that was consistency. That was loyalty to myself. That was dedication to myself. That was focus. That was knowing how to tell people no, not mm-hmm. depriving yourself. And that's what you have to do. And it's gonna all work out.
0: Wow, thank you. Now I know it's it's all gonna work out for me. I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, gonna, it's Working uh, those, out. You got so.
0: Yeah, definitely. Not for, seriously, i tell people. Like a lot of people were, uh, you know, that I interviewed, they're like, wow, you just started. And, you know, they're kind of surprised because they're like, wow, you're really good. And I'm like, man, to be honest, I was supposed to start this years ago, you know, like, but then it's just like I I kept stopping myself. I just, you know, I felt like I had to be like this or be like that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going there, be myself, make it happen. People have been pushing me to do it anyway. You know, my grandfather had a, a radio show back in the day. It's like. This is just something that's that's in me. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you're right, though. It's like you really have to shut out the outside noise and block out like all of the negative talk, all of the self-doubt, you know, just say, hey, man, I'm going to do it. You know, and then you have to be careful about who you tell things to, because people can turn a good thing into something sour for sure.
1: Well, people project. So a lot of times that's their feelings when you tell people like, oh, I'm doing this. And it seems not like it's not obtainable, like it's impossible. Then people think about what they can't do. Right. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. And that's going to be difficult. That's going to take too long. Go back to conversation of time. Time is going to pass regardless. Right. So it's not about it takes too long. It's about starting and doing it. And when you look up through time, you're there, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can't allow people to, and you, I don't say anything to anybody. People look up and they'll be like, wait, God damn! like, what did you do? <laughs> It's true because a lot of times you learn that everybody don't want the best for you. Right. No matter how good of a person, no matter how sweet I am, no matter pure, genuinely a pure soul. And some people are just envious and jealous of you or things aren't moving fast enough for them. So some people don't know how to clap and rally for other people when their stuff is going well. That's never been me. I am so happy for people. I am genuinely like ecstatic for people in their success, in their winnings. I can, things cannot go well for me. And I'm there at your event, showing up, sending you something, supporting you. I don't have that jealous bone in me. I just don't. And I thank God, I swear to God, I thank God (laughs) that he, that I don't have that, you know, because people are vicious and envious and jealousy is a thing. Yeah. You can feel when somebody is by you. You can feel the energy hovering. You can feel it if it's genuine or pure or if it's like, kind of looking at you a certain way and I remove those people. Like I don't talk to you as much or stop talking to you because I could feel that you don't have, you don't wish me well. You only wish me well when it's going good for you. I'm wishing well for you all the time. Right. But you only wish well for me when you feel like there's equal. I'm not in a race with you. I'm in a race with myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's the difference. I can tell souls by me when it's sincere and when it's not. And that's a thing too. How to maneuver and still being kind, but Mm -hmm. dipping about the way and knowing like that person's not for you. This person can't be in your circle. This person you can't do business with. Like you have to be able to, to me, it's not always about money. It's what I feel in my soul.
0: Right. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting because me, I've never been jealous of anybody. You know, like some of my closest friends, even from high school, were like super popular and I wasn't as popular as them, but we still had like a close relationship, you know? And then it's like I started to notice that once you get some notoriety or popularity, people start to become jealous of you. But then I wasn't like I just really didn't understand that because I've never been jealous of anyone else, you know, and then it had like I had to deal with very hard lessons of like, nah, man, this is real. Like everybody doesn't wish the best for you like you do everyone else. You know, like I love seeing people win. that just makes me believe in myself even more. Yeah. You know, like, man,
1: we can put together, like you're doing this like that's doable. I love that. Like, not to throw it back on me, but I love the idea of growing up in the hood. I don't take that back at all. Some people, they are embarrassed. And I embrace where I come from because I'm like, little girl, look what you can do. When I speak to little girls, look what is possible. Mm-hmm. Look what is possible. I grew up across the street from the whole house and a drug dealer's house apps,
0: well, uh, yeah no nah, so my family grew up off 91st and fig so i was always on 91st and fig like you know i drove past there a couple months ago just like yeah this is the street that i grew up on it still looks the same or even worse than it did when i yep. was growing up and i'm like nothing has changed nothing and i'm just like reality. Like, yeah Right, I know where you come from, so trust me. I honor you came from over there. Oh, yeah, you you know, I don't think people under understand the severity of it. Like when you talked about older men like trying to holler at you, like my auntie and my uncle set up a sting operation for a man that was like trying to harass my cousin, you know what I'm saying? Like when she was just walking home, you know. So yeah. it was like, yeah, it's it's serious. He ended up going to jail, you know. My auntie didn't play that, but It's just like, man, you know, it's it's pretty intense. Like the mentality, the stuff you got like across the street was a drug house, people rolling up on the street back and forth every day. It's like you don't see anything that will make you say, "Okay, I want to be a greater person in life. Like you really have to psych yourself out, you know what I'm saying, based off of the environment that you you grew up in. Like, yeah. So trust me, I know that's why your story is Thank
1: you mom was on it she's been like you guys do not talk to them boys across the street do not talk to you, like you do not and so i never did i never did you know i listened i was again i i had my sisters to look up to to say okay I'm, i I want to do this i don't want to do that and i just stayed the narrow path of like focus and and pure dedication to myself of what i was trying to get done
0: yeah yeah i've been living and we we see the fruits of that And I would love for you to continue to share your story with individuals, you know, that grew up in the inner city, because they definitely do need it. They need to see what's possible. They need to see us becoming something, you know, rather than what they see. And one thing that I do admire is your initiative to uplift the inner city and people in the inner city to, like, just give them a chance, you know, because nowadays, you know, uh, Granny said off 65th and Western, And you will just Mm -hmm. be surprised about the people walking around in the neighborhood now, you know, the neighborhoods that we try to escape, you know, you'd be like, what? What?
1: Like I've never seen this growing up, you know? (laughs) gentrification is a thing, but you know, people look at it as a bad thing. I look at it as love. Right. Mm -hmm. And just where, where's the bad thing is that we get into these homes or somebody in your family, your mother, daddy, grandmother, whoever left you a home, and then you go and sell it. Right. Don't sell the homes. It's not to deprive or uh, keep anyone from coming into the community, but keep what you have, you know, and encourage us also buy homes there too. don't feel like, oh, we grew up here. I can't buy a home there. That was horrible. It don't have to be a home that you necessarily live in, but it's a home that you can have investment property in. Right. And so we have to change our thinking of like, oh, I'm getting successful so I can move away. I never had that mentality of, I want to get successful to leave and not acknowledge my environment. It was always, how can I make my environment better? What can I do? What can I gain to come back and plant some seeds so then we can make this environment better, not run away from it and it never gets better, right? And so that go back to my son. My son is smart. Everybody knows that. My son is brilliant. He's an amazing basketball player. He had offers to go to all the schools. He could go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I went to Crenshaw. All my sisters went to Crenshaw. We are great, great representation of what that looks like coming out of an inner city school. And I put him in Crenshaw. He started his first, (laughs) well, he's not there anymore. He was there for the first semester when Mm -hmm. it came to basketball. He didn't care for the coach. Rightfully so. I also believe in being in an environment where someone is truly because he's loved in a certain capacity. Yeah. Then you have people knock you off your block because you're not deprived. Oh, you're too spoiled. Oh, you're you know what if your parents are not around? What's like he's going to be fine because yeah. he's self driven and self motivated. But he's not going to be put in a position where you have some people have this teaching as a coach or a, of of a team. I gotta break you down to build you up. No, yeah. you're not gonna fucking break myself down. Cause he, no, why, why, why are we looking for you to break him? No, we don't need that. So he didn't like that environment. He's now at Manual. So it wasn't manual okay. Arts? Well, me go t- that Manual Arts. You put your son at Manual Arts for real. He's at Manual right now. So first semester, his ninth grade first semester, he was at Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. Then when he realized that wasn't going to be the environment for him to play basketball. Cause I had a whole thing. Oh, we about to do it. My son about to play. I'm about to throw a bunch of money in the Crenshaw and all of this doing the same thing at manual. Now, wherever my son go, it's going to be cultivated to be the best period yeah. because yeah. I, we should do. It. And when that plan didn't work out, then all the coaches and different people are talking to him and that was going to be the best fit for him to go play point guard as an, varsity as a freshman Mm -hmm. that's where you at it the thought never changed oh it didn't work at Crenshaw so let me go to the school of Bunkley where he got into let me go to Sierra Canyon you know a lot of these are institutions and they're already their communities are built up so I'm gonna take my resources and go give them some more they are who they are why don't we build up our inner city schools our inner city schools are not great because we're not giving them attention. When I'm at the parent meeting, me me, and his dad are the only Black family, right? So it's a predominantly a Hispanic school now, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. We have to do a better job of going to our PTA meetings, going to coffee, as they call them now, coffee with the principal, going to the Black Student Union meetings as parents and being involved within our community. It will not change if we don't change it. Right? It won't.
0: Right. We don't we don't think that we have the power to do that. You know, my kids
1: are in the, in the Los, matter.
0: Yeah, they're you know, I'm in the valley, so their school district is a Los virginist, and the way they implement family in the school is like crazy that family movie nights, you know, family yeah. back to school nights, family this, family that. I'm like, golly, like I was just like I'm quite, you know, it's like I know the teacher, I know who the principal is, I know who the other parents are. But I was just thinking, like, I don't think my parents were ever this involved in my school. I don't even think they ever even met my teacher.
1: Well, your parents taught your father. Well, besides that,
0: I'm talking about I'm talking about like in elementary, you know. But it's like, you know, I, I feel like we just have to just start like what you're doing now, telling each other like, hey, make sure you're, you know, you're a little bit more involved in your kid's school because that affects them that, that could affect all of us you know your kid is going to be treated differently when they could attach a parent to the face you know what i'm saying 100
1: yeah you walk through hi son, guys mom hi son. guys parents hi like you yeah. know you're going and you're going to treat him accordingly and not just him when you have advocates and people who are for the community and for the school changing the narrative then mm-hmm. things change right quickly right but we have to do If you're not willing, we get dressed to go to our parties. We get dressed to go to some event. You got to treat your kids' education the exact same way. as When you get that meeting and your email, oh, this is happening, go to the meetings. Jump on the Zooms. It literally takes 30 minutes of your time. That's all it takes to have that interest in your child. So you can see the difference or molding that kid. And you can see the difference when you see parents who don't. You
0: can see mm-hmm. it in the kids. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But it is a different time. I'm like, I got to get on another song. Oh, my God. Or like, you know, like, but then I do it. But I'm just like, I just didn't, you know, grow up with that. You know, I like, you know, I don't even, like I said, I don't think my parents even knew who my elementary teachers were. But <laughs> yeah, you definitely, you know, that definitely does make a difference. And it's good to know that somebody is like that. Because me personally, i love going back to the hood like it is just it charges me it's like going to a restaurant seeing your friends that you grew up with you know hey man how you doing you know and it's it's not all gritty like people think that it is you know it's there's love there there's affection there there's support there you know we have everything we need like every time i go to simply wholesome i see somebody i know it never fails you know We have
1: everything we need and we have more if we put our efforts and energy into it, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. like even if you drive down the street in certain communities, it's like, oh, their pavement is better. Well, guess what? If you drive it down your street, instead of thinking, damn, this street is bumpy, what you do? You go and you do a petition. You go to the city. You write it up and you bring some awareness to it so they can come fix it. If you just complaining about everything all the time and you're not putting any action behind that complaint or that thought then it's just a complaint yeah it doesn't matter you're a part of the problem
0: right yeah i i created like a barrier where i just don't want to hear complaints i'm more so like period. you know let's let's figure let's figure something out well, okay well all what right what we, what we doing we doing <laughs> right so
1: solution i do not care okay you presented it what's the solution period we're not gonna keep talking about it
0: yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, we grew up in a society where it's like the only power we thought we had was complaining to each other. You know, I didn't, and I uh, lived in Redondo Beach at a time, and they were going to strip down the pier and create like a mega pier or something, like do this big construction. People were going hard. They were like, you are not building this pier. They put out like flyers at my door. Like, they had people at the farmer's market talking about it, passing out flyers. I was like, what? You know, I'll like, ask. and they actually stopped it from happening. And I didn't right. even know that, like, people could have that much power until I, like, you yeah. know, went around to other economic class of people. I was just like, damn, you know? Like, we just wow. would have been like, you know, we just would have been like, oh, they're building beer. Okay.
1: You know, oh, all right. And just moved on. But that you, know? just you the ability of politics right and influence and why do we think voting is so important right because if it wasn't important they wouldn't prevent you from voting or if you got this strike or whatever we're we're taking your voting rights away that's how important it is Mm -hmm. your voice that's how important it is for change and if you don't have the power to vote then guess what you're not a part of the change so we also I tell myself my son don't ever find yourself in jail don't ever find yourself in a position where your rights are ripped away from you from yeah. participating in the world and making a difference in this society. Don't put yourself in a position because that's what they want. Yeah. So we got to stop like glorifying the stupidity of always in jail. No, that's not, that's not a thing. Stop it. That's horrible because you're promoting and perpetuating more of this cycle of the stupidity and ripping our rights away from us as black people mm-hmm. to limit our voices we have right. to understand do not go get a record right don't get a record
0: right yeah i'm with you with that i never i never been booked or anything like that thank the lord because i you know i know it's easy for us too but you know it's just you know people brag about i remember uh i went to an event and i was i just got out and did 20 years and i'm like so you know like i will I mean, that doesn't do nothing for me. Like, what what are you okay, you know, like what's the am I supposed to look at you better? You know, you put yourself in a position to to deal with that. And then like one thing I do like what you said at uh, the song high is that you can't put yourself in these positions. And a lot of times, you know, we tend to be like free somebody that did a crime or free somebody that did, you know, something horrific to somebody else, and it's like them going to jail is a result of you know them being like treated unfairly or something that's like nah man we have to be accountable like you put yourself in these positions to go to jail you know
1: and here's the thing when you go to jail now here's the flip of that conversation Mm -hmm. when you get out don't continue to do the same thing or promoting that as if it's okay because you saw what it did to you go into the community or be honest about it say that's not where you want to be but we're I was straight knuckleheads and still pushing this narrative as if it's done some great for you. Right. It did not. Right. And it's not going to do any great for anybody else who go down that path. Like we have to start thinking better and doing better. Like what's wrong with being an educated Black man or educated Black woman? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with pushing the, 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 the idea of higher education? I'm also an advocate education in terms of an institution isn't for everyone it's not right. people learn differently you don't have to go on a college campus to learn what you need to learn to do something with yourself you don't and you cannot make people feel bad for not doing it either right. so figure out what that is for you and do it productively
0: mm-hmm. yeah because we, you can learn, you can learn. yeah you can learn on your own now i remember a guy telling me like yeah instead of uh Paying for a course, I just taught myself. I read these books, taught myself, and and made it happen. Cause all they all they're School. gonna do is tell you to buy some books and break down the books to you. You know something that you got to read the yeah. books anyway.
1: It was <laughs> where you are. Like I used to tell my son, he'll say stuff. I'm like, you got the World Wide Web. That was yep. a thing when we came, kids who was coming up. AOL. You guys have the world at the palm of your hand. You can learn whatever you want to learn. Yeah. Right now. Yep it you should be a genius no <laughs> or excuse. exactly there's no reason or excuse to not know something if you want to know oh i don't they did this no nobody's done anything
0: right. let's stop
1: blaming people and let's take accountability for who we are and what we want
0: mm-hmm. yeah i tell my daughter that all the time i'm like whatever you want to do you could do it right now i used to have to walk to a library to get information like you have yes. no idea i if i had a cell phone like, oh my god I would have been oh, I would have been running the world by now. Like you have no like I would have been addicted. Like what YouTube? I can learn all of this stuff. Like I just cause I was big on information. I used to love to go to the library, you know, love it. You were. Yeah, yes. as you can see like I got you know a gang of books, I got audio books, I got like a stack of books right here. You no, know, they <laughs> I got books all yeah. over the place, you know. So yeah, you're right, though. We definitely have to feed our brains in any way possible. We can't wait for anybody. You know, we have to do it ourselves and be very self-sufficient. You know, so I'm I'm with you. Good job. Good job. Trust me, I'm going <laughs> to see song. I'm going to see some hot name. I'm going to be like and see him somewhere. Like, hey, man, I know your mama. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: People do that all the time. People are like, oh, my God, mom, you're so popular. I cannot go somewhere without saying somebody like, oh, hey, Songhai, I know your mama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I I know the city. I grew up on the east side. I went to Audubon Middle School. You know, then I went to Crenshaw. So I was in around yeah. the city. I know everybody, you know, got yeah. family in Long Beach and, Compton. And you know, it's just, when you moving around, you know, a lot of people. And oh, I've yeah. done it with Grace class i'll be telling people don't play with me because i got a whole bunch of people in all these areas that don't play about me <laughs> <laughs> no i feel
0: i know what you said like me every time i touch la sure i'm like oh god you know me going to different high schools and being around like yeah la is small too you know like you know I, I, i'm actually writing a book and i say in that book like in la one of the most dangerous things is for you to mess with anybody like you have no idea who somebody's connected to who they know who will do some right. crazy stuff for them like if you see a square you better off leaving the square alone and dealing with somebody that really gang bang you know cuz
1: and yeah. i don't even know why people who gang bang also mess with people who don't gang bang what is your motivation to do that to people who are not bothering you
0: yeah i, I don't know bullies picking on them you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah
1: but yes this was awesome absolutely yeah, d- awesome chat
0: yeah definitely you know definitely gives uh gives the listeners a, a different perspective you know like because it's like they actually could see you know the battle that you had to you know what i'm saying come from to be who you are even to even to just be alive today let it know not alive but just thriving you know what i'm saying so yeah this is awesome I'm gonna send this to my nieces and all that you know what I'm saying like
1: <laughs> it's, possible, girls. it's possible it's possible it's yeah. possible no it is um, not to keep making us talk longer you know because it's a lot of things we could talk about right but mm-hmm. I remember like looking at these production companies when I was coming up in a business and I was like I can run a production company from the ground up. I'm going to have my own production company. And so that's where Sun High's World incorporated my production company come from. I named it after my son. And now I'm just in a position where I attach my company to my projects and Building from there, then I at some point will be the sole functioning production company and understanding what it takes to actually run a production company. But when we're growing up, where we come from, you don't know anybody or hear anybody who have these things or in the business and behind the scenes. You know, we're always trying to be in front of the camera, and so it brings me so much joy that I have created that. And at one point, I am going to have a whole building in the inner city. My production company, that's where I wanted to be, you know, like the facility. It's already an establishment, but the physical facility is doable, you know? Yeah. And I'm happy that I was able to do that. I'm happy I'm able to show my son what's doable. And he, we call him behind the gate. We live in gated communities. Our kids grew up, nothing how we grew up, right? But mm-hmm. That's how come I like that he's in an inner city school. So you're not deprived from the world or the real world or really things that's happening or you're isolated from anything. You see everything from all perspectives. I'm not keeping anything from you, but I'm also showing you certain lifestyles and what's possible. My son, when he flies with me, he's flying first class. So What I said earlier, bring it full circle about the comment Steve Harvey said, when you put yourself in a position, then you're going to then work harder to stay there. Mm-hmm. This is comfort. It's not about thinking you're better than anybody or I'm here and you're there because I don't live like that. I live with grace. I don't like put anybody down. Um, But what's comfort for you? And I want my son to know what luxury is, what's comfort, uh, what's comfort in the brain. You know, it's not always things or obtaining material things, but what's comfort for you? For me, it's not always designer clothes. Mine's lifestyle, how I live, how I travel, how I that's what's comforting for me. And I want to be able to continue that.
0: Yeah. And don't let nobody define that for you. That's for sure. right? Yeah. That's a good one. Cause me, I'm like, I-, I told somebody that I'm like, I'm really a simple guy. Like all I need is like good, healthy food to eat, to work out. And it's been Like I don't really need too much, you know, but that's just me, yeah. but somebody will check, yeah. you know, what they aspire on you and i'm like i don't even like Louis right. baton like why would i wear that right. now, <laughs> all,
1: we all move in differently we all got yeah. what we like and, don't look. and just because i don't like that or it's not a on the top of my list it doesn't mean that i'm less than you know yeah
0: yeah definitely that's definitely a good learning lesson man i don't even know what to call this episode golly <laughs> it's a
1: uh, maybe i'll
0: help you that once, we, once we get off okay All right. <laughs> evolution right yeah that's a good one uh, that's a good one i'll throw i'll throw that in there somewhere well again uh trish and thank okay. you so much for your time this has been amazing you know i definitely learned more about you even though i've been knowing you for over 20 years um <laughs> And um, so I want to ask you: Is there anything you would want to share about like how people could see you, contact you, any social media or anything like that?
1: Yes, everything for me is super easy. Tristan Williams. And how do you spell Tristan? Tristan T-R-I-S-H-T-A-N last name Williams IG Tristan W Facebook Tristan Williams or Tristan W Twitter Tristan Williams Tristan W my uh, um, webpage, page uh, TristanWilliams.com Tristan Williams it's simple <laughs> you, can find me. you can email me I will email Black you can DM me I will DM back Uh so I think on some things my number may be up. Oh, that's a fun fact. I shouldn't say this, but I think this is also a testament to consistency. I have the same number since high school. My very first number when I got a phone in ninth grade. Well, coming out of eighth grade, I have the same exact number and I refuse to change it.
0: Wow. Too bad you said that. Then I'm like, man, I'm about to hit her up. (laughs)
1: because <laughs> okay. yeah. I, nah, I, I was
0: about to text you today and i was like i wonder if her number's still the same and then i saw that it was blue and i was like oh oh wow well, I, I think she did keep the same number okay yeah and i yeah. feel you though that is it that is a true true testament because i'm i i haven't changed my number in years you know like yeah. since, since college so yeah that that makes sense and if you don't want anybody to contact you just block them it is what it is you it. Know? yeah <laughs> yeah
1: to be running around running from nobody changing my number like block unfollow yeah. listen unfollow right <laughs> right right
0: protect your energy
1: you. <laughs> yeah but i'm not about to make my life confusing i'm gonna be consistent
0: right and that you are we see the fruits of that wow man Thank
1: you.
0: so again hey this has been yeah. amazing you know look forward to connecting with you again i'm sure we hope we will you know, hopefully you're doing yes, something for your birthday this year. You know, just let me know. know. <laughs> you know, I
1: throw the best parties. Yeah, you know. this I best parties. And
0: I come to every <laughs> single one of them. So just let me know. You know, I don't miss a party. Oh, I cut, I cut I, everything out.
1: <laughs> I tell people, it's so funny. They be like, damn. And it'd be so nice. And people who can't make it, you can't always make everything. But then when they see it, they be like, fuck. <laughs> so like, women and men, they be like, "Oh, I missed out. Hate if I miss your stuff." Yeah, because yeah, it's just no, my I, life. Yeah, it I'm, I'm wanna,
0: yeah, I never, I never have. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank I, you so much. I
1: appreciate for, you so much for this. It was a great oh, interview.
0: oh no problem. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Talk to you
1: soon.
0: Okay. Bye.